Hey, Elmar dropped by the studio and he doesn't have much time. So let's get right to it. It's Elmar, you, me, and all sentient beings. The English Teacher John Show, number 68. Welcome, everyone, to the English Teacher John Show number... What is it? What is it? What is it? 68. My name is John Coons, and I'm your host. Our show is for everyone. Yes, but especially for English learners of all abilities. We try to use clear and easy-to-understand English. Our podcast is produced right here in our humble studio in Matsumoto, Japan. All right, well, um, let's look at our show index. We've got uh, three segments today. Uh, First, an exciting and newsworthy interview with Elmar, a good friend of the English Teacher John Show. Uh, Then... I'll uh, answer the phone that's ringing at my house. No, no, no. Uh, Then I'll talk about a couple of idioms. And finally, in segment three, it's words, words, words. Uh, We'll talk about a couple of words borrowed from German. All right, let's do it. Recently, we sat down with Elmar, who some of you may remember from show number 62 and show number 51 and show number 31. All right, we've got a special guest today. It's my good friend Elmar. Welcome to the English Teacher John Show, Elmar. Hello. Hello. Good to see you again. Um, you were our guest right here in this very cafe a couple of years ago, one of our early interviews on the English Teacher John Show. I remember very well the situation I remember, but I can't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> and we also did a one about transportation at, at uh, my house, I think. Transportation. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, anything new in your life these days? Yeah, you could say so. I mean, <laughs> uh, let's see: work, play, uh, life, family, job, uh, marriage. Uh, yeah. What's what's going on? There's lots of lots of small waves and one big wave, one big wave, rushing over my life, which is it, the birth of my son. Oh my God! Omideto gozaimasu. All right. Uh, yes, the birth of your son. Birth. Yes. Very recently. Very recently. Yeah. About um, three weeks ago now, three weeks ago, we'll soon uh, um, have the first celebration of his first month. Ah, he'll <laughs> be one month, one, one month, month old. Month, yeah. And uh, what did you name him? 
His name is Jack. Sorry, Jakob. Jakob in German. Jakob in German, and in, in, in English you would pronounce it Jacob. Jacob. So, so tell us a little bit about whatever you want to share about the birth of your son, your the recent birth. Oh, that's it's a difficult issue because uh, uh, this whole process of of giving birth was a very very intense experience, and uh, I was uh, fortunately I could share it with. Uh, I, I could be with my wife during the whole process and uh, and uh, well these days a lot of men do a lot of men choose to be to be there but when you actually are in the delivery room and you experience the birth you suddenly understand why there are cultures where men are not allowed in this process <laughs> what what surprised you, or what was uh, what was difficult about being in the delivery room? Well, the first difficulty, of course, is that you can't you can't help much. You can't do much. It's uh, your presence is important, and, and especially for my wife, she says my my presence was very important for her psychologically to get through the whole um, birth and. Uh, so that's that's one thing, but of course there are many people involved who are whose uh, function is is far more important than yours. Of course, you're standing by, you just look at, you just watch the whole process more or less. Of course, you do a lot of massaging and helping, and, and, and but you can't do the really important stuff. That's something that uh, experienced people. Maybe you don't want to do it either. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and and how many people are running around in this operation and in, in this uh, process? Well, it depends on the stage <laughs> of birth, and it also it, it very much depends on how things are going. If things are going very very well, if things are going optimum, then there's just a midwife and uh, maybe another nurse or something. But uh, if things are getting complicated. It may be that. Uh, a uh, couple of people are running around, like six, seven, <laughs> six, seven people running around. Yeah, um, frantically working, working on the mother of your child. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which means every everybody's moving around, but you're the only you and your wife. You're the only persons who are kind of standing, lying, <laughs> not moving. <laughs> What's your main uh, emotion when you're there? Is it? Uh, I excitement or worry or happy or uh, what kinds of emotions do you have while this is all happening around you? Retrospectively, it's it was a very it was very interesting for me to um, to not um, hmm, hmm, hmm. How, how can I put that to see this big emotional difference before the child is there and after it is there it's not only it's not only that um, the birth is over and and you, you've uh, um, kind of um, the the problem or the, the huge difference is that you you suddenly for me it was first our first child and you feel that there's something very fundamental fundamentally changing in your life that's that's the that's the big difference and living through this process getting to this point was was a uh, 
something that that is very very hard to describe very hard to describe uh, about how long did this whole process take uh, in this case uh, 17 or 18 hours from and you were in the delivery room pretty much the whole time most of the time or some of the time whole time whole time I haven't been out for one minute I've been there all the time which is very important by the way which is very important I think because for the for the wife it's it's m can be very frustrating experience if the husband's going out for just having a coffee or eating something but, but leaving her there leaving her back in the delivery that that's something that must be very very hard all right, well, Elmar, thank you for sharing a little bit about the recent birth of your son and the experience there. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the English Teacher John Show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. One, two, three, four. idioms today have the word born, B-O-R-N, and uh, their use and meaning is very similar. Okay, our first idiom is born to do something. Born to do something. She was born to sing. Uh, it means that she has natural ability. Um... My brother was born to lead. Uh, he's always had leadership skills, so he was born to lead. Um, she was born to sing or born to teach. Um, okay, and that brings us to our second idiom, which is very similar, just the grammar is a little different. To be a born something. Um, for example, he's a born leader. Uh, again, the grammar is slightly different from our first idiom, but the meaning is pretty much the same. Uh, when you are a born something, you have obvious natural ability. Um, I am not a born guitar player. <laughs> I am not a born singer. But I'm trying to do those things. Um, let's see. Uh, how about, he's a born winner. <laughs> or he's a born loser. That's not very nice. Uh, she's a born leader. She's a born teacher. He's a born tennis player. Okay, so it's all about natural ability. Um, back to Elmar. Uh, if it's... Really, uh, like father, like son, then I think his new son, uh, Jacob, or Jacob, is probably a born good guy. <laughs> okay, that's it for idioms. Uh, next up, after the short break, it's words, words, words. <laughs>
This segment is about words, words, words. Um, today we have two interesting words that have been borrowed from German. Um, I think it's kind of cool to throw some of these borrowed foreign words into your casual conversations. Uh, it has a bit of coolness or hipness about it. Um, you know what I mean? Kind of cool or hip. All right, the first one, schadenfreude. Um, pronunciation, um, schadenfreude, I think is the pronunciation, which sounds a bit German. Um, and, of course, it's a German word. Uh, it's spelled S-C-H-A-D-E-N-F-R-E-U-D-E. That's Schadenfreude. Um, the meaning is actually not very nice, but uh, I think you can find an opportunity to use it. Um, Schadenfreude is the delight in another person's misfortune. So delight or joy or pleasure because of another person's uh, bad luck or misfortune. Something bad has happened to someone and you are actually feeling good about that. Hey, that's not nice. Um, how about an example? Uh, feelings of schadenfreude arose when she saw that her ex-husband had lost his job and gained a lot of weight. <laughs> That's not very nice. Feelings of schadenfreude arose when she saw that her ex-husband had lost his job and gained a lot of weight. Yes, it was definitely schadenfreude when they told us that the top-ranking team had dropped out. Hey, you shouldn't feel good about their bad luck or misfortune. Yes, it was definitely schadenfreude when they told us that the top-ranking team had dropped out. Okay, let's move on to our next word, also borrowed from German, uh, Zeitgeist. It means the spirit of the times, um, the spirit or spirit characteristic of an age or generation. Um, I got these explanations from uh, answers.yahoo.com. Uh, general trend of thought and feeling at a particular time. Um, the zeitgeist of a particular place during a particular period in history is the attitudes and ideas that are generally common there at that time, especially the attitudes and ideas shown in literature, philosophy, and politics. Okay, and uh, on the net, also from answers.com, uh, I got the prevailing mood or attitude of a given period. That is the zeitgeist. Uh, examples uh, from Google uh, News Search. I found this uh, sentence in the media. Uh, Sir, rarely has a photograph captured the zeitgeist as accurately as the one featured with your article. 
So there we have captured the zeitgeist. Uh, next one from purpleslinky.com, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, the zeitgeist of today is ever-changing. What's cool today is old tomorrow. And from a Yahoo News search, I got until, of course, the angry zeitgeist cranks out our next set of villains. Uh, villains are the bad guys. Until, of course, the angry zeitgeist cranks out our next set of villains. And finally, uh, from a Google search, I came up with this from the Durango Herald, which I believe is a newspaper in Durango, Colorado, a place where I have been. A very nice place. Uh, here's the quote. He was victimized by the youth sports zeitgeist. That spirit of the time that makes what a parent has or who a parent knows as important, uh, sometimes more important, to a young athlete's success as the athlete's ability. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shorten that a little bit one more time. He was victimized by the youth sports zeitgeist. That spirit of the time that makes what a parent has or who a parent knows as important to a young athlete's success as the athlete's ability. Okay, and that's... Uh, that's it for Zeitgeist, and that's it for Words, Words, Words. That brings us to the end of show number 68. Uh, you can find our blog, all of our video and audio podcasts, uh, some transcripts, other language help, and more at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Uh, in fact, I just uploaded the transcript for our last episode, number 67. And uh, you'll also soon find the script for this episode. Um, all at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Our email address is podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. And uh, just a warning, <laughs> I, uh, I get a lot of uh, spam in that account. Um, so... Uh, I apologize in advance if uh, I have not properly uh, responded to your email. Uh, sometimes the spam uh, is a, 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 a tough problem. So, um, but please uh, keep sending us uh, any, anything you want to tell us. That's podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Uh, thanks to you all for listening. Thanks to Elmar. And to our music man, Martin Chennault. Catch you next time. Hey, and here's a little secret. Our music man, Martin Chennault, and his friends uh, Will and Sho have put out a few new songs. So we're going to have a listen to those in our next show.